up episode 287 of Monster Kid Radio with the song Surf O Muerte. It's from the band Surf Flamingo. It's from their album Creatures from the Deep. They're a cool band out of Guadalajara, Spain. You can find them on surfflamingo.bandcamp.com when you're done listening to the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, writer, producer, and Monster Kid, Derek M. Cook. I'm excited to have you here because earlier this evening, I was at the Joy Cinema. In fact, as of this recording, it was about uh, about four hours ago that I introduced the movie Sting of Death. Yeah, 1966's giant jellyfish man movie, Sting of Death. And something that I had seen before, but almost everyone in the theater, if not everyone, because I had lights in my eyes, I couldn't tell exactly, but it seemed to me that when I asked how many people have seen this movie, nobody raised their hand. So this was an experience for me to see all these people experience the movie for themselves for the very first time. And one of those people was Jeff Pullier, the man behind the Pullier Graveyard and the podcast, The Oncoming Storm, which is a Doctor Who podcast. If you're into Doctor Who, check it out. Anyway, Jeff and I talk a little bit after the movie, out in the lobby with whoever happened to wander by while I had the recorder going. After this thing of death material, I have some emails to read here on the show, and we'll talk a little bit about what's coming up in the near future for Monster Kid Radio. We're going to get to all that right after this. From ancient Genesis to the modern screen, is the name written in blood... If I could just call you on the phone The code of the ghost at the side of the toe Nobody lives on the Brownsville Road Thrill to the newest recording star, Archwell Jr. Oh, the scream in this way See ravishing Marilyn Manning in a thrilling, chilling story of the prehistoric giant sees his first girl, Noah. Curious newsmen search deep in giant country for the last of the ancient cavemen. See a tough giant, tamed by the soft hands of his captive woman. See him sacrifice his ageless beard for her love. The loser to a boy in a dune buggy, escaping a burning desert. Igar's primitive passion was love or kill. The ancient language of love, used at the beginning of time. (laughs) 
I am Dr. Lee Cushing. Welcome to my Chamber of Horrors. Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a serialized monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror films. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and the original chill role-playing game. My goal is to recreate the thrills of the monster versus monster films that we all love. We'll have vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, and scheming madmen. And that's just in the first storyline. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors and other monster stories sent directly to your email for as little as a dollar a month. For just two dollars, you'll get all the chapters in advance, plus bonus stories and other perks. Sign up now at CushingHorrors.com or visit SDSullivan.com for a Patreon link. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again and remember, the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. Spider Island. Eight beautiful girls and one lone man struggling for survival. With death, sudden, violent, and horrible lurking in the shadows. Horrors of Spider Island. Out of the night came a fate worse than death. A man's mind twisted, his brain poisoned, with an uncontrollable lust to kill. Horrors of Spider Island. A tale of terror that will leave you limp. So hideous and shocking, you won't believe your eyes. His hunger for victims was never satisfied. Prepare to be frightened out of your wits by the horrors of Spider Island. I am Jeff Punkrock Martin, and it is a pleasure to welcome you to Weird Wednesday at the Joy Cinema and Pub. Give yourselves a big hand. That wasn't a big enough hand, damn it. Come on. Anyway, tonight's show is sponsored by, brought to you by, the wonderful and amazing Laughing Vixen Lounge. Let's hear it for Laughing Vixen Lounge. Oh, was that a bell or am I getting a brain tumor? I don't know which. I can't really tell. Oh, that was a bell, all right. That means that we want to talk about Laughing Vixen Lounge. They're bringing you this show tonight. It's Sting of... Oh, let's do it right. Tonight's... Weird Wednesday feature is brought to you by Weird Laughing Vixen Lounge. I need to see my thing. Accessorize in style with their bangles, baubles, and other needful things. Ladies, if you want to snare the man of your dreams, Laughing Vixen Lounge can help. Maybe with a bracelet, 
to accentuate your dainty hands or a long necklace to draw attention to the tops of your breasts. And gentlemen, remember that a gift from Laughing Vixen Lounge can mean the difference between making you a Don Juan or a Don Have a Clue. Just think of that moment, the moment you give her a gift that's as lovely as she is. Hello, my darling. I happen to have picked up a gift just for you. For me? What? What? It's, it's a long necklace, darling, from Laughing Vixen Lounge. From where? Laughing Vixen Lounge. I'm going to put it on right now. It's beautiful, as are the tops of your breasts. Oh, Harold, I love it so much. Let's have sex. Yes, gentlemen, a gift from Laughing Vixen Lounge is sure to lead to your next close encounter of the nerd kind. Laugh. So treat yourself or pick up a gift for her, for that special someone from Laughing Vixen Lounge, because friends don't let friends accessorize badly. Now I have to turn off my phone light. Anyway, tonight, tonight, you've had probably enough of me, but this is, this is brought to you by Chris from Laughing Vix Vixen Lounge. Please give her one more giant round of applause and do go to her website on Etsy. Come on, guys and ladies and gentlemen. I want to shut my pie hole. I want to get out of your way because we have a man more qualified than I am to talk about Sting of Death. Oh, wait a second. Next week, I should tell you, next week on this screen, what do we have? Are you interested? Yeah. No, really. Do you want to know what we have next week? No, really, really. Do you want to know what we have next week? Yeah. Oh, okay. We have The Ape starring the great Bela Lugosi. Okay, come on, Bela Lugosi. He barely warrants a round of applause. Anyway, anyway, tonight we have somebody far more qualified and, and, and better educated in these things than I am to introduce this movie. He is the host of Monster Kid Radio. Do you listen to Monster Kid Radio? You should. Please, let's hear it from Monster Kid Radio. Yeah. He's an awesome friend of the joy. He works for Dorado Films. Please give a big, gigantic round of applause to Geek Brother Number One, Derek Cook. Thanks, guys. And uh, let's thank Jeff again. Come on. Yeah. Can you guys hear me okay? Is this all right? We're good? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, like he said, I am from Monster Kid Radio, which is a podcast here in Portland. We've been going for almost... Oh God, I think it's been a little over three years now. I produce this show. I celebrate the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. Uh, what this movie is will be, well, up to you to decide if it's classic or not so classic. This movie is Sting of Death. It's from 1966. Six, excuse me. It's from director William Graffay. Now, William Graffay is what was called a regional filmmaker. Now, back in the 60s, uh, you still had movies being made in Hollywood, of course, but you had a bunch of pockets of independent filmmakers across the country coming up and making movies. Movies like Zat, movies like The Death Curse of Tartu, movies like this one, Sting of Death. And uh, this is his third feature film, and I believe it's his first monster movie, his first genre entry. I'm not 100% sure, though. You don't, don't quote me on that. Anyway, um, I want to talk a little bit about the monster in this because I think that's probably the most iconic, most notorious part of this film. I, I don't want to ruin it. So how many people have seen the movie already? <laughs> Do you have any idea what you guys are in for? <laughs> All right. I'm going to try to speak in the vaguest of terms possible because I don't want to spoil anything here. The makeup guy is a guy by the name of Doug Hobart. Now, he wanted to be involved with what William Griffey was doing. So he showed up in an audition for a film 
Unfortunately, once he got there, Grafay tells him, well, we're really casting an elderly role here. You need to be an, old, you know, an older person, sorry. So Hobart, he goes home, makes himself up as with an old age makeup, and apparently it was pretty good. He goes in and talks to Grafay. Now, he didn't get the part, unfortunately. Uh, turns out Grafay at that time actually was wanting to cast the monster as well. So Hobart peels off his old age makeup and says, okay, I'm your guy. I'm going to make up your monster. I was born to be your monster. And Grafay was pretty impressed. Grafay actually has gone on in interviews to say that this guy, Doug Hobart, was like a reincarnation of Lon Chaney Jr. So, I mean, with that kind of a buildup, you would expect this monster to look pretty good, right? Well, um, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, this movie, because it is shot low budget, you know, there, there are a lot of things that kind of happen that you just have to kind of roll with the punches when you're making your movie, right? And this is shot in Florida, and they did a scene using airboats. People know what an airboat is, the, the boat with the big fan on the back kind of cruising along. They don't have brakes, all right? So there's a shot, there's a scene in here where they're you know, doing a little chase scene, whatever, and they turn the corner and they're supposed to stop. They did when they hit the tree. Now, when they hit the tree, I've got the actress name here, Jack Nagel, he actually uh, hit his head and he's bleeding all over the place, but you can't shut down production. It's a low budget movie, right? So they let it heal up a little bit, go back to shooting and then write in a scene or, or write in some sort of reasoning as to why this character has a big scab on his forehead now. Uh, so you know, keep an eye out for that, I suppose. Um, you know, all kidding aside about these low-budget monster movies, they really are a lot of fun to watch. I'm glad that you guys haven't seen this. I hope you are glad you saw it by the time it's over. Uh, it makes me smile despite all of its low-budgetness. You can kind of see the seams and uh, some other things. And if you want, I'll be happy to talk to you about the movie afterwards in the lobby. I've got my recorder here, so some of this will probably end up on an upcoming podcast. Again, that's Monster Kid Radio. You can find it at monsterkidradio.net. I'm also on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Facebook, smoke signals. I got, I'm, I'm all over. So I got a hand up, man. Is this a question or? Oh, the dance scene. Okay, well, I wasn't going to spoil it, but you brought it up. There's a dance scene. Now, William Griffey loved musical numbers. He loved putting these little dance moments in. Uh, the artist, the musician was named, I've written down here, Neil Sadaka. Anybody know that name? No. Okay, so Neil Sadaka, he's still alive now. He's still doing stuff now. His music turns up in things like Better Off Dead. Uh, Deadpool, it actually turned up. He was a judge on American Idol. All right, so this guy is still active. He's still doing stuff. And he is, a man, he is the man behind the incredibly cool titled song, The Jelly Jolla Jellyfish. So there you go. I hope you enjoy the movie. I hope you enjoy the dance. Uh, like I said, I'll be out in the lobby if you want to talk about the movie afterwards. Thanks for supporting the joy. I mean, really, what Jeff is doing here, this is God's work, man, right? And stay tuned. I hear he's got some really cool plans planned for later in October for Halloween. So I'm dumb, ta I'm dumb talking. Let's watch some jellyfish action and some other stuff, right? Thanks. Blue water and red blood. Thunderbird International Pictures presents Sting of Death, featuring the voice of Neil Sedaka. See a scientific dream turn into a nightmare of terror. I've got to go out on the reef. Fine. Uh, Egon, help me with the party. 
as Neil Sedaka sings, teenagers dance in happy abandon, unaware that cruel, merciless death stalks the dancers. Do what you did when you did what you do. gory, mutilated victims of the caress that kills, the horrible sting of death. John, the door is closed. I'm going to check on Karen. A race with madness through the menacing wilderness of the Florida Everglades, while a man-made monster strikes at will. This is what happens when science tampers with the mysteries of the sea and creates a creature that is half madman and half a slimy, tentacled, underwater horror. A happy excursion to the beach turns into the indescribable horror of mutilation and agony. This is awful. What else is going to be happening? Horrible, horrible things are going through my mind. See the jellyfish monster, the man whose brain is warped and whose body is covered with the stinging tentacles of the jellyfish. Thunderbird International Pictures presents Sting of Death, coming soon to this theater. Movie's over. I'm hanging out in the lobby. I passed Jeff Pullier of the Pullier Graveyard and the Doctor Who podcast, which name I forgot. Oncoming Storm, yes. And, and, and he didn't have anything really complimentary to say. About Sting of Death. I, I, got, I got to ask what your thoughts were. Uh, well, you know, I'm trying to take Thumper's advice. If you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say anything at all. But having kind of having a hard time here. It was fun. Okay. It was funny. There you go. I'm not sure that was on purpose. Well, <laughs> you know, things happen. There is there, the, just the barest germ of a good idea there. <laughs> That could have could have grown with a better script, better actors, better budget, better director. <laughs> well, this was early in his career, and I, and I don't know how long he prepped this movie. I know that when they were trying to sell the movie, the distributor said, "Well, we'll do it, but you've got to have a double feature. You've got to have a second feature, and we'll finance the second feature." The director went home, wrote a new script in a night. <laughs> And that's how we got Death Curse of Tartu, which is also, um, yeah. <laughs> so, well, you can't say anything about that because Roger Corman made a living doing stuff. Well, no, I mean, this, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's how they made their money and that's how they made their living, whatever, you know. Um, the monster itself, the jellyfish man. Oh, my Gosh! <laughs> oh, that, that's an oh my gosh! And like you can't believe how awesome it was, right? You know the the, the old idea of showing less of the monster to make it scarier. <laughs> they really should have taken that advice, uh, because when it's just just a hand, for example, or a shadow in the water, it's so much more scary than we actually see the thing full on, because the thing full on is just ridiculous. I was I was wondering how much Irwin Allen had to do with this because it looked like something from Lost in Space. <laughs> there you go, there you go. So, yeah, um, they shot under the Florida sun, 
and everything was so well lit. Yeah, a little bit of shadow would have been nice. Um, maybe tighten up the script, shorten it up a little bit. There's no reason it needs to be an hour 20. Um, and there's no reason why the guy playing the monster almost... You know, had to almost suffocate. Um, oh, that looked terrible to wear in the Florida sun. Okay, so it gets even worse. The final scene, all right, the fight scene, right? Yeah. That that very long, drawn-out fight scene. Where, so where no one's actually fighting; they're just kind of circling each other. You notice there was no dialogue, right? No sound effects, things like that. It was just kind of like music, right? Yeah. So here's the thing: to make that suit work, it's like those Halloween decorations that are plugged in. They've got the little air vent, you know, the fan, the air pumping in. So to make this thing work, they've got a compressor outside the cave with a tube running up his you know, into the cave up the monster's leg to keep that thing inflated mm-hmm. it also gives him air i was wondering so somebody who didn't know they weren't shooting live sound said oh this is making too much new uh, noise they're making a movie let's turn this machine off <gasps> so if you go back to rewatch the movie because i'm sure you're dying to do that um, <laughs> you can see that big inflatable head starting to fall forward and deflate a little bit. It's because there's no air going in to keep it up. Now, the director did jump into action and cut it open with a knife. But, um, yeah, so I guess it kind of ruins the suit for a sequel. But <laughs> Hey, 15 more dollars, they can fix it. <laughs> I probably spent a little bit more than 15 bucks. I, I don't know. Diving suits got to cost like 20 or at least, right? <laughs> Uh, not one beat up that badly. <laughs> <laughs> the movie does run long. Um, and Jeff's right. It's not the best. But it does make us smile and laugh a little bit. Nothing else. I love the dance number. Just because it's so absurd. It's kind of elaborate, though, when you, you know, it was, it was pretty elaborate, you know. I mean, the, the dancing, yeah, choreography and everything. In there. Sure. So it, it, you know, for that, although it did did seem out of place in there. Oh, but on the post side, I thought that the gigs where they they shot that location, you know, with the house, I was pretty neat and everything. Yeah, really I mean, not neat. Day. I would love to have a place like that. <laughs> have yeah, you know, entertain things like that, you know. But it was. It's like you said. It was. It it was kind of almost out of left field when they had that over the center and. You know, then Neil and Doc was saying about you know jellyfish, and it, it's so it was so so tight. You know, like on uh, backside people's backsides. And oh, everything. that was on purpose. Yeah. yeah. If you go back and you watch any other William Griffey films, he does that because mm-hmm. he knows what people want to see on the big screen at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, monsters and butts. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of a, it was really you know like you said it was. It was it was pretty elaborate dance number, but it was just like it just came out of nowhere and everything, right. you know. Right. And and I wouldn't for for a bunch of graduate students, I wouldn't want to hang out with you know. I mean, th- those are probably the most unprofessional looking graduate students I ever seen on motion. Well, they were on vacation at that point. On vacation and everything, but this isn't the first time at Weird Wednesday I've seen a movie where a musical number has been thrown in because obviously they're trying to make something of it. Sure. You know. I, I either drawing people in with a name like Neil Sadaka, or they have someone they're trying to make into a hit group. Well, I mean, we're sitting, we're standing right now in front of the Ega movie poster. Yep, that's what that I'm thinking of. Ega. Uh, he's shown the Blast Off Girls here, mm-hmm. which has the musical numbers, and Colonel Sanders showing up for no, some reason. Um, so, I mean, it's I've got the microphone in front of Jeff, and I'm talking. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's a thing. I don't know if there's ever a soundtrack album for this release, so but I'd buy it in a minute. <laughs> well, you know, in talking about the, the dance number, um, there was one couple in particular 
that was really into it. It looks like they had actually practiced more than anyone else out of the 30 or so people there. Uh-huh. Uh, it was the, the girl, the woman in the uh, green and black swimsuit and her partner. Mm-hmm. They were really into doing it and... You know, the camera focused on them a little bit more because they were the ones actually following instructions. Shindig uh, from the sixties or something. They had those dance shows where they had. Oh, Shindig! Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo yep. and everything. It kind of was kind of like you know something like that and everything. So, yeah. So it was kind of you know, and I do kind of like uh, like Sadaka's sons. Like this must have been in a period where he was kind of a little where they actually got him to do it. But I like his songs like uh, Breaking Up is Hard to Do and everything. For for some reason or other, this movie doesn't turn up on Neil Sadaka's Wikipedia entry. I don't understand why. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I think that's about all we need to say about Sing It Out. <laughs> uh, I, I like watching it, though. I know it's, it's you know. It's definitely, like I said, it's, you know, it's it's good for a truck or two. But it's, it's like I said, I don't, you know, some movies I kind of defend on, um, you know, like... I've defended the past like movies like the Scream Skull that have been showing I Bury the Living and things like that where but this is not this is definitely not one of them I mean it has some it has, it has some pretty like say location shooting because I like yeah. the area there and everything but like you said the you know and you guys were talking about saying this looks like something out of Irwin Allen actually Irwin Allen is a hundred times better than this and everything, you know <laughs> you know I mean like Boyd Chabon C you can see a better a better effect and sure. everything so Anyway, yeah, is what it is. I'm glad I came out to see it. People seem to enjoy it, at least, you know, for for whatever reason. Anyway, thanks a lot, man. Thanks oh, yeah, for sure. thanks for chatting. And Jeff, uh, I know you've got the Pull Your Graveyard coming up. We'll yep. make sure we'll talk about it on the Facebook page and the website. Pull Your Graveyard's got its own Facebook page as well, right? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah. And you were telling me you've got some new tombstones in the works. There's, I can't wait to see them. There's going to be three new ones this year. Uh, I'm going to start putting up the display this coming weekend. Uh, I don't know if those three will be ready yet or not, because uh, I, I kind of put off uh, doing them, you know, a little busy otherwise, but uh, they will also be up pretty soon. Cool. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thank you. If you are in the Portland, Oregon area, or the Tigard area specifically, go to the Joy Cinema. Check them out. Tell them that Monster Kid Radio sent you. Check out their website at thejoycinema.com. This is where they post what's coming up next. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited for Scarathon 2. I wasn't able to go to last year's Scarathon, but this year, Scarathon 2 is happening at the end of October. And right now, he's looking at maybe kicking things off in the early afternoon. This is going to be on Saturday. October 29th, at least four films. And Jeff ran a few titles by me while I was there this evening. And uh, yeah, it's going to be so, I mean, it's just going to be great. And we worked out some details. So I have a few more to work out, but looks like I'm going to be emceeing the entire event. So again, thejoycinema.com. Get yourself to the Joy Cinema on Saturday, October 29th. It's going to be a blast. Of course, big thanks to Jeff Martin at the Joy Cinema for putting up with the Monster Kid Radio shenanigans every time I happen to show up. Thunderbird International Pictures presents The Death Curse of Tartu. A legend black with evil and red with the blood of innocent youth. 
photographed in the forbidding depths of the Florida Everglades. This is the incredible story of an archaeological excursion planned as an educational adventure and ending as a blood-spattered nightmare of incarnate hallucinations. Cold and slimy creatures without mercy hunt and kill, controlled by the soul of a rotting corpse. They danced over the grave of Tartu, who was restless in his coffin, and made passionate love on his burial mound until... What is it? They faced the terrible reality of the death curse of Tartu. Was it really a killer shark in the swamp waters, or was it Tartu, who had sworn vengeance on all who disturbed his grave? If we sit here and wait, it's only a matter of time until Tartu will destroy us all. Thrill to the heart-stopping suspense of scenes that spare no detail of horror. See the bloody massacre of terrified youngsters as Tartu the Witch Doctor returns to wreak vengeance. See the death curse of Tartu, coming soon to this theater. Hi, this is Ruby. And I'm Hater. And we host the Mimiverse Bonfire Podcast. A podcast based on Christopher R. Mim, a Minnesota filmmaker who's got eight films under his belt, soon to be nine. And they're all 1950s-style black-and-white movies. The podcast revolves around actors, the making of the films, and various other little fun bits. And technicians. <laughs> you can find us at SaintEuphoria.com. Or like us on Facebook. That would be the Mimiverse Bonfire Podcast. Hope you tune in. From caves and sewers come the slime people. The kill, kill, kill. There is no escape from the slime people. The slime people. received some email over the past week or so this one came from vincent s derek great show this week rod barnett can guest anytime as far as i'm concerned he is knowledgeable and interesting and i appreciate the love you both have for films of the 60s one of my favorite decades keep them coming so victor is writing regarding the episode that we did with rod barnett from the nashi cast bloody pit of rod and so on we talked about the movie wild wild planet that happened just last week I loved chatting with Rod. I don't know why I waited so long to do it. And I love that you love the episode. Thank you for listening. I, I appreciate you guys and gals listening to what I have to say when I start blathering on about these movies. So thank you. We also received an email from Paul C. Hey, Derek, I enjoyed Thursday's MKR podcast. Thanks. Next time I order up some Warner Archive discs, 
that will be among the purchases, that being Wild Wild Planet. I think I saw the movie a few years back, and my senses were not so refined as to notice the excellences. I expect my advancing years will give me the proper context to enjoy it. Now, one thing that Rod and I talked about when we were talking about Wild Wild Planet is the evil corporation in the film. So Paul has this to say regarding the idea of a big corporation as sinister entity. It's more common in European films, yet not unknown in American films of the time period. See movies like The President's Analyst from 1967 or going back to the 30s, Topaz from 1934. Now, he continues, one of my pet obsessions is to find movies in which large corporations are the good guys or are potential victims to be protected. They are surprisingly rare. <laughs> See Executive Suite from 1954 as an example of an A feature or the preview murder mystery from 36 as a B feature. I think it's because big stable companies are not inherently dramatic, and a sizable percentage of their employees are probably looking for escapist fare anyway. Small businesses are much more likely to appeal to a moviegoer, so you see a lot more of them in positive movie context. I'm not familiar with these films, Paul, but it sounds like I need to check some out because, you know, I don't have enough to watch. Anyway, Paul's email goes on. I don't know if you have the same fascination with old-timey serials that haunts my existence and new-timey serials, too. I've been a fan of Longmire since Vincent Mary Rotolo mentioned it years ago on the B-Movie cast, and lately I'm looking forward to another series of Stranger Things. But I have to ask, did you order the new Serial Squadron release of the four surviving chapters of the 1916 serial Zodora? The chapters are self-contained, so you don't get the unfinished cliffhanger sensation, and they are packed with vintage WTF weirdness. I think you would enjoy the premise. An 18-year-old girl is learning to solve mysteries, courtesy of her uncle, the mystic detective, Hassan Ali. What she does not realize is that her uncle means to put her in harm's way. He is portrayed by James Cruz, who is best known as an early screen depiction of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and plays it that way. The serial aims much higher than it could possibly manage to succeed, but it is very rewarding. Over and over, I kept saying to myself... I haven't seen that before, yet the film is 100 years old. Of course, a lot of it's just stupid, but this is not a disqualifying thing to me. Bonus, there's a mad adventure running around all wild-eyed in Chapter 3. Did you get it? What did you think? <laughs> More later, Paul. Uh, Paul, I, I didn't get it. I have to admit I'm a little behind on my serial acquisitions. Uh, the Serial Squadron, though, uh, the material that they put out when they put stuff out, is solid, so I'm sure this is great. Sounds like something I need to see, and based on your description, it sounds like something that could probably even be talked about here on MKR. I keep meaning to go back to doing serials. I I did... Uh, man, it's been forever, and we just did the one, but I would love to go and do some more. And I know at one point, you and I, Paul, had talked about doing some stuff. I Still, we should do it. I'm just saying. So thanks for writing in, Paul and Vincent. Appreciate it. Listeners, if you want to write in and be part of the show, you can email me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com, or you can call and leave a voicemail. Our voicemail line is 503-4795-MKR. That's 503-479-5657. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Check us out at monsterkidradio.net. Our contact information that I just reviewed, that's over there, as well as everything else you need to know about Monster Kid Radio between episodes. We've got links to our Facebook page and our Facebook group. We've got links to every song that's appeared here on the show, and we have some announcements about some upcoming events happening here on Monster Kid Radio, as well as links to things that might be relevant to fans of Monster Kid Radio, like the interview that I just did with Joe Iden from the Fandom Radio Podcast. Fandomradiopodcast.podbean.com. 
com. I was honored that he asked to interview me for what was basically his one-year anniversary show of his podcast. So check out the podcast, just in general, not just the episode that I appeared on, but check out the entire show. Uh, it's, it's a good podcast. I really enjoy it, and I think Joe's doing a great job. And like I said, I was really honored to be asked to appear on his anniversary episode. So that is something that recently happened. Things that are coming up are the various Monster Kid Radio crashes, like Theater of Blood happening at the Northwest Film Center here in Portland near the end of the month of October. I believe that's going to be October 30th is when that's happening. So stay tuned for that. And of course, everything coming up at the Joy Cinema for Scarathon. Also, not this weekend, next weekend, one of the country's best drive-in movie theaters. And I'm not using that term facetiously. This is no hyperbole. It did win one of those polls recently from the top five, top 10 drive-ins. The 99W is showing the original, The Blob. Dave! Doc Hallen's been killed. Doc Hallen? What happened? It's over at his place. you got to come now. Oh, wait a minute, Steve. Tell us what happened. Well, I'm trying to tell you. Now, this thing had killed the doc. Well, what was it? Stop with it, kid. Well, it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a mass that keeps getting bigger and bigger. It... <laughs> Every one of you watching this screen, look out, because soon, very soon, the most horrifying monster menace ever conceived will be oozing into this theater. Teenagers see it first, like a falling star from outer space. Boy, that was close. Hey, come on, I want to see if I can find it. An old man finds it, touches it, and this is the shocking result. From then on, there's no stopping the blob as it spreads from town to town. It's indestructible. It's indescribable. Nothing can stop it. This town is in danger. How can it be stopped? Mob hysteria sweeps one city. Before long, the nation, and then the world could fall before the blood-curdling threat of the Bob. Starring Steve McQueen and a cast of exciting young people. I've been told that the Blob's going to be showing at that drive-in in the 7th, 8th, and 9th. Man, you don't want to miss that. I mean, the Blob on the big drive-in screen? That sounds amazing. I may try to find a way to sneak away from the Lovecraft Film Festival to go see it because that weekend is also the weekend of the Lovecraft Film Festival where I'm going to be a guest. I'll be spending a lot of time at the Hollywood Theater. Chris McMillan previous guest on MKR. He's going to be there as well. And I mean, it's just going to be a good time. We've got Stuart Gordon. We got William Stout. We've got so many people that are going to be guests. There are so many movies, including 
one directed by Cameron McCaslin, written by Larry, Dr. Gangreen Underwood, Beast in the Cave is the name of the movie. That's going to be playing there as well. And I'm going to be on a few panels. I'm hoping that I get on all three panels that I signed up for, two of which are very specific to Monster Kid Radio's interests. So hopefully that'll happen. I'll keep you posted. You can learn more about the Lovecraft Film Festival at hplfilmfestival.com. Surflamingo.com is where you can find the band that's playing the music on this week's episode of Monster Kid Radio or look up Surflamingo on Bandcamp. There's only one F, okay? It's one word, Surflamingo, only one F. Or you know what? Just follow the link in the show notes. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song Surf O Muerte, that, as I said earlier, belongs to Surf Flamingo. Go check them out at surfflamingo.com or surfflamingo.bandcamp.com. Talk to everybody next week when I've got Barry Harding on the show to talk about the Val Luton Jacques Tournoi classic, Cat People. Until then, ciao. <laughs>